Oh no, I would never suggest a young woman should kiss the man who held her captive. What kind of message is that? Welcome to Storybroke. Miserably ever after. I'm Madison Manuel, the possum appreciator. And I am Elaine Paramore, who is being stabbed in the ass with her own ass. <laughs> All right. So this week we are discussing episode 12 of season one, Skin Deep. It's a very Rumpelstiltskin-heavy episode. Ooh. Ooh. Um, trigger warning. Uh, this episode, we will be discussing verbal and physical abuse. Yes, we will. Uh, a lot. I will actually um, be skirting by a lot of it, just condemning it and saying it's horrible and made me uncomfortable. It made me very, this whole episode made me uncomfortable. It made my husband uncomfortable too, and he's never seen it. So, uh. Yeah. Yeah, for personal <laughs> reasons, I am really going to skirt through a lot of the, uh, abuse, uh, that is not to That's say fair. it's not worth acknowledging. Just, um was very upsetting to watch and then rewatch and then rewatch. Uh, um, does that mean I wrote too much of it into the basic plot? Uh, we'll get it <laughs> and we'll get it. Um, I don't got to read that part, mostly. That's good. Good yes, for yes, you. Yes, yes, yes. Good so for you. So before we get started, let's do just like a little housekeeping. How are you doing, Elaine? Well, I am having sciatic nerve problems that are related to my second trimester of pregnancy, which explains the being stabbed in the butt with my own butt comment I made earlier. Um, did you say butt or did only, you say ass? I said ass. And this you time said I ass. said butt because it's funny. I didn't want to repeat myself, you know, but... uh <laughs> Um, it, it only really affects me after I've been sitting down for a while. So podcasting's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will. I, I, I got to get up and walk around a bit today and it's, it, it only hurt me occasionally. So that's fun. I've been to the chiropractor twice this week. How Oof. are you? I am doing pretty okay. I had a, a moment this morning where I was reminded that I am very country. Oh. In very specific ways because there was a possum in our yard. And all of the cats were freaking out. And my husband is like, there's a possum. What do we think about it? And he's like worried it's like stuck in our yard. And I'm like, it's going to be fine. It's a possum. And then later <laughs> in the afternoon, it's like got treed by one of our neighbor's dogs. And he's like trying to knock it out of the tree and freaking out. And I'm like, it's just a possum, y'all. It's like harmless. <laughs> just leave it alone. Just it's adorable. Down. It's adorable. Until they open their mouths, they're adorable. Oh, yeah, then they're horrifying. We have a random dead bird just hanging out in front of our house. So that's that's been our uh, fun animal omen of the week. First, it was in yeah. our driveway. Now it's in the road. That's terrifying. Have you? I think it's a cat. Yeah, hmm. it's a cat. We've we've upset one of the one of the cats of the neighborhood by, I don't know, existing, having other cats. So uh, what kind of podcasting do you have today? Today, I have a um, alcohol removed uh, sparkling rosé. I have a club soda and a water because I'm feeling a little ooky. So this mm. is this is basically just soda. So. <laughs> I'm out of uh, Lacroix. I'm having a flavorless Lacroix as opposed to Ooh. normal Lacroix, which doesn't taste like much anyway. Maybe it's because I smoke. <laughs> All right. So just anywho. Um, oh, wait! Also, I have a question. I, I have a oh, question. Yeah. Yes. Did you follow up on the the writers thing from last time? I did not. This past week, cool. We can cut that. <laughs> yeah, um, I will 
cover it. Um, and I'll make sure to leave that this in to let our audience know I am working on it. Uh, this oh, okay. week, I work for a library. I think uh, some of our some of our listeners may know this, but I work for a library. And every year we have a major event called City Name Reads Together. And it's a community read. We have a, a guest author come out and all of that. Well, this year, due to COVID, our guest author was not able to make it. And our guest author is a deafblind woman, um, Haben Gurma who is an absolutely amazing, amazing lady, like great speaker, fascinating to listen to really cool live story. I highly recommend checking out her book. Um, And that's not just like my work stuff talking like legit. It's a great book, but um, we had her out. And so this week I had um, all of my superiors kind of not having anything covered, like an interpreter or a captioner, or really sure about who is going to be interviewing Hobbin or how we were going to be doing this digitally. And I threw a presentation together and uh, did a two hour segment, including an hour sit down interview with Hobbin and myself, which was super fascinating. She has um, an adaptive keyboard that her interpreter uses to uh, transpose what we're saying. And then she has a, um, display is the wrong word, but a braille display that you feel out, you know, the words on. And it was like really, really cool. And she's absolutely hilarious. And we connected over our favorite reading right now, like (laughs) the things we read because everything else is like horrifying. And so we're both like reading lots of soft, right stuff. So it was a lot of fun, but I am so mentally fried after this week. So. I think Friday I left work. I stopped at the game store and picked up a new game. And that's all I've done, really. You you called me. You called me that day to be like, hey, keep me awake while I drive. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, was, <laughs> I work with traffic accidents. Please talk to me. Basically falling asleep. <laughs> and so Elaine talked, talked to me so I could stay awake on my drive home, which is, you know, only like three miles. But that's still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still, thank you for calling. Thank you for listening. So I think now uh, I think we should probably get into the episode. Um, Oh boy! So this is I think this is our least favorite ship. This is definitely my least favorite ship. This is um, it in this season. This is my least favorite ship. I will say that. I will say I I can't remember. It is not. It is not because of the age difference for me. No, that's fine. Power dynamics. He looks great. Um, he looks great in those tight pants. I got super offended on Twitter this week because there was someone going around saying that um, any any age gap more than two years is basically pedophilia. Um, I'd be offended by that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say. <laughs> we have a six-year age gap. <laughs> yeah, you have a six-year age gap but between I'm, yourself and your but husband. But I'm 37. <laughs> and yeah, um, yeah, that's my thing. It's like my partner is, is 39 and I'm 32. <laughs> and I was yeah. just like, yeah. what the y'all sorry yeah. language what the hell y'all it, it's it's only it's only weird whenever you start like talking about oh i was a teenager in 97 and he was like oh i was like a small tiny child and you're like oh no right but you didn't start <laughs> that's dating the only then. time it's weird but i didn't meet him till he was 20 yeah, yeah. he was you, 27 <laughs> you met each other as adults like my partner and i met each I had, other as full adults so it's like yeah so we like age gaps yeah as long as they're a you met at an appropriate time and you have a good um, balance between the two of you. It's not an abusive power struggle. Not even a struggle. Just an abusive display of power. Right. So anywho, yeah. any road. Yeah. Let's get into skin deep. <laughs> Let's get skin deep. Here's the basic plot. 
Once upon a time, a king was in desperate need of a miracle to turn the tides of war with the ogres. That is a bad sentence. What is going on? Ugh. Once upon a time, the king was in desperate need of a miracle to turn the tides of war in the war with the ogres. Obviously, Rumpelstiltskin popped up to offer uh, to provide that miracle for a price. In return for a victory, all he wanted was the king's selfless daughter, Belle, to become his housekeeper forever. Though the king and her fiancé, Gaston, tried to forbid it, Belle bravely accepted the offer, saving her kingdom. Finding herself alone in the house with the gruff and enigmatic Rumpelstiltskin, Belle tried to make the best of her new situation by getting to know her captor-slash-housemate. Through her stubborn kindness and empathy, she broke down his walls enough for him to stop forcefully throwing her in the dungeon. They formed an awkward friendship, and he eventually offered to let her go to town to bring him some straw, fully expecting she would choose not to return. On her way into town, she was joined by Queen Regina, who insisted on forcing some light girl talk on poor, naive Belle. While she didn't encourage young ladies to go around kissing their captors, because what kind of example would that set? She did know that it sounded like the man causing Belle to furrow her brow might be under an evil curse, and told her that any curse could be broken with true love's kiss. Emboldened by the prospect of returning Rumpelstiltskin's humanity, and also confessing her love to him, she returned with a basket full of straw and a head full of hope. Rumpelstiltskin was so surprised by her actual return that he wasn't his usual confident, powerful self and was easily swayed into kissing the charming Belle. As they kissed, his golden skin began to turn peach, and he assumed with horror that she had done this on purpose, not out of love, but as part of a scheme with Regina to destroy him and take his powers. He threw Belle violently back into the dungeon to think about what she'd done. Eventually, he set her free, although she protested out of love. He let her know that his powers would always be more important than she was and sent her on her way. Soon, Regina came barging in looking for a deal and revealed to him that, oh, upon returning home, the entire kingdom had shunned Belle for being associated with him, and her father had locked her in a tower and clerics attempted to cleanse her until she finally threw herself from the tower and died. In grief, Rumpelstiltskin found the chipped teacup he she'd dropped. In grief, Rumpelstiltskin found the chipped teacup she'd dropped on her first day in his home and placed it on a pedestal in a position of honor. Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, Mr. Gold harasses a man, Mr. French, who's defaulted on a loan by taking his florist truck away from him the day before Valentine's Day. So that guy, who happens to be the cursed father of Belle, breaks into his house and steals from him. Although Emma recovers the majority of the stolen items, Gold recognizes that something very special is missing. Enraged, he kidnaps Mr. French, drives him to a secluded cabin in the woods in his own flower truck, and beats him senseless, first demanding to know where his special item was, then berating him for harming his daughter. Emma shows up just in time to save French's life and arrests Gold. Regina, seeing an opportunity to get Mr. Gold alone for a chat, gives Emma 30 minutes to hang out with Henry. She then gets Gold to reveal that he remembers his enchanted past in return for his lost item, the chipped keycup. The ticked peepup. The kicked peepup. The rural juror. The chipped teacup. While all of this is going on, Ruby, Ashley, and Mary Margaret go on a Valentine's Day girls' night. 
in which Ashley laments that her relationship with is difficult because his work schedule keeps them from being together. What good is love if you be together? But then Sean shows up and proposes to Ashley, which makes it all better. Also, Ashley's lost her spray tan. I just want to point that out, even though this... All of this makes Mary Margaret deeply introspective about her own relationship. And when David accidentally gives her Catherine's Valentine's Day card instead of one meant for her, she ends things with him. I want to make a point. As a person who's about to be a mom, as a person who's about to be a mom and has lots of friends who are new moms, losing the spray tan makes sense if she's at home all day with a baby. Oh yeah, no, I'm glad she lost the spray tan. I, I'm not, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a critique. It is a, thank God. Um, though yeah. I will say, for someone who is at home all day with a baby, her hair looks so good. Well, yeah, was well, you know when you take when you're leaving the house and you have the time, sometimes you just want to look a little pretty. Her hair looks so good this whole episode. Um, she might have one of those things like I have, where the curling iron does the work for you. Yeah, so we wanted to oh, talk easy. about the past first or the present first. There's a part we want to talk about the beauty. Oh, you want to talk about the present first? Um, actually, the present is where I have more issues with the story, surprisingly. So let's get the past out of the way. Let's get the past out of the way. Um, and I want to start this by saying that um, never have I seen more cut and uh, edited out scenes on a wiki oh. page than for oh. this episode. Oh, I didn't know a, that. An enormous amount of cut content between Belle and Rumpelstiltskin for this episode. Uh, there's a scene early on where he gets news that the ogre war is over between Belle's kingdom and his own. And while he's and reading saved. the letter, she tries to sneak out and run away, um, only to find that the door loops right back into his main chamber area. Typical. Yeah. Which would be a good scene to see and yeah. would maybe help show some struggle between the two. Yeah, because because the way they have it now, she's just like, this is my life now. <laughs> yeah, there's also more scenes of them slowly falling in love, beginning to enjoy one another's companionship yeah. before just outright, oops, they're in love. Um, yeah. There's a few scenes from the real world that were cut as well. But uh, when we get to that section, I really I have a lot to say about scenes needing to be cut. Okay, that's fair. Uh, my my first jump in this one was it's it's a war room. There's a battle going on, mm-hmm. and I can only assume that the princess is in the war room right now because it's the only safe place there is for her. Fair. Otherwise, otherwise, it makes no sense that she is there. I do appreciate the reversal of the Beauty and the Beast story with her being in the yellow gown at the beginning. Yeah, but but that's uh, the only thing I have good to say about the scene. Why would she be wearing her yellow evening gown in the war room? Um, because the costumers really wanted to see it so that we would they wanted, know that they this wanted is her Belle. to get kid. They wanted her to be taken in that one. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Um, I like how, um, pouty and mumbly Gaston is like, he even speaks with the pout, like his, his accent has a pout. So my issue with Gaston is he has a size eight face on a size 10 head. <laughs> that's very Gaston though. But am I that's- wrong? Where's, no, where's the that, lie? That's appropriate. That's appropriate for, for Gaston. Um, no, he's just so pouty. And when he speaks, it is not at all. And like, there's no enunciation whatsoever. Not at all. At all. So like I, I wrote down pouty boy even speaks with the pout. Um, and then I got offended for her when pouty boy, I'm just gonna call him that the whole time. 
when Belle was like, okay, I'll go. And he was like, no, I forbid it. And she was like, uh. I really disliked how they bodily moved her out of the way. I think we're meant as the mm-hmm. audience because we get a reaction shot from her to see how uncomfortable that is. But that seriously yeah. bothered me a lot. Like, I was just I've like, been listening. Hmm. I, I've been listening to a certain Regency era romance novel series. Oh. And there, there's a whole lot of men grabbing women by the upper arm. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I see stuff like that, it pisses me off for them. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think, you know, one thing I kind of want to keep, one good thing about COVID times is I love, I love social distance. If we could just maintain, don't touch me. Period. I, I, <laughs> like, I would. I would like. I'm okay if there's a. Um, it becomes a convention for me to say, "Is it okay if I hug you?" Yes. Because then you can say no, and I'll be and like, also perfectly cool. acceptable for people to say no because, like, it's I'm, perfectly acceptable for it's. I mean, I've always sort of been that person anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna come in for a hug if I've known you a long time without warning. But if I've just met you, I may go, "Can I hug you?" And people may be like, "No." And I'm like, "Cool." And I like fist bump. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like Elaine has known me for years. Um, I have some very intense anxiety issues and I really have a hard time <laughs> making physical contact with people. Um, so like with my partner and with my people that I am close with, that is, you know, contact is my love language. So it's so, it's mm-hmm. too intimate for me when strangers or people that I'm acquaintances with touch me. Like Elaine is my sister. I will hug her. Um, yep. My husband, obviously <laughs> I, I touch him yeah. and uh, Luther, your husband, it's yeah. some of my family. It's pretty great. And it's like really, it's your brother-in-law. That's really it. <laughs> like, yeah. And I didn't mean to laugh when you said anxiety. No, no. You, I, I chuckled because I also, I have recently been treated for anxiety. So, but my my anxiety presents more in a, um, I'm afraid that everything I say is the wrong thing to say. And I'm going to overanalyze it instead of sleep. Yeah. You know, typical Gemini oh, things. Oh, yeah. Just Gemini things. <laughs> Just Gemini things. Uh, but yeah, so I, I wanted to um, say I liked this this whole exchange when, um, I mean, it should go without saying, but I always have to point it out. We have a great entrance from Mr. Gold. Yes. Uh, from Rumpelstiltskin. He, yeah. he always has a great entrance. It's always that fake out entrance. And it's great every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. I really enjoyed his response to, we offered you all this gold. And he's like, I make gold. Yes, I liked his. I liked his. I also enjoyed his response to the first time anyone calls calls him a beast, and he has this like over dramatic gasp face, <gasps> just just like. <laughs> Listen, if you were in the Once Upon a Time fandom back in the Tumblr era of the Once Upon oh, a no. Time fandom, which ran kind of sideways to the Super Hulock stuff, but was somehow separate fortunately uh that this gif was the gif the gif of his little reaction was so heavily like i saw it everywhere i went i want to use it more like i've been using i I use the one where he's like clapping you know that Mm -hmm. clapping gif i use that one a lot because it's just my favorite but uh so so if ever if ever you um (laughs) oh go ahead you yes I was just going to say, I have a little note here where he says, special, (laughs) special. I wanted to make a note that if you ever tweet at us and you get a response back that is, you know, Rumpelstiltskin clapping, 
that was probably from me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, Elaine will send Elaine will send the Rumpelstiltskin gifts. I will send the Regina ones. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, Sometimes. So, you know, he, he takes Belle. Well, we should say that uh, she steps up. Yeah, and she says, stepped like, up. She did this. It was, just, it was very selfless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do this. Um, I love these French Australians. Very traditional yes. French accent and French name. I am glad that they hired, they got an actor. I don't know if he is Australian or an actor who can do kind of an Australian accent. Um, I thought he sounded British. Or is she British. New Zealander? I, I really should know she's, that. She's from, she's from one of those huge islands. She played an Australian person on Lost. I was gonna say she was she was the blonde on Lost. She was the pregnant lady on Lost, um, which I've only seen what two seasons of. Yes, um, Claire. But I don't remember where she's from, but I love her accent. She and she's um, a delightful and, actress. And her dad sounds more British in the present than he does in the past. Mm-hmm. That's all I've got <laughs> on him. But I really I, I like. She steps up. She takes the the responsibility of doing this for her kingdom. And um, it's it's a good, strong moment for her. And we kind of learn a little bit more about that why as time goes on. But I love this first, like, entrance into Rumpelstiltskin's uh, home where mm-hmm. everything is dark and shrouded and there's all these display cases. We both picked up on different things. Like the first thing I picked up on was, like, my eyes made a beeline for the candelabra and clock on a center uh, little, little table. It made me very happy to see. Meanwhile, the nice. first thing I saw, I saw the the married marionettes from uh from Archie's backstory. Oof, yuck! <laughs> you see them everywhere. They love those props. Oh yeah, they and must have later, worked really uh, hard on those creepy little props. Yeah, later. Oh, they absolutely did. And the the sorcerer's hat from the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Fantasia is also in his collection, which I believe we will be seeing later in the series in a very different context. Yeah, so I thought so. I'm I'm gonna have to make a note to check back on this episode. Um, Cause when that appears, it's kind of like a big shift for the show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he's like, let me, let me show you to your room. And she's like, Oh, okay. And then he throws her in a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is, well, it sounds a lot. It sounds a lot nicer than dungeon. Yeah. Say Which is kind of in keeping with the original fable, you know? Um, yeah. But not for the Disney version. Mm. You know, it's uh, he. She has a much nicer home in the Disney version. A much nicer place to stay. She's I don't know. I haven't seen her. it in a while. I sort of thought she no. Her her dad was locked up. As well. okay. Her dad was locked up. That's why she agreed to live with Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that he it's would been a while be since free. I've seen that one. Yeah, and she's got a beautiful little stately room. She's just told stay out of the stay out of the West Wing or whatever the East Wing. Yeah. Every time Whichever I every, my brain doesn't fill in the the actual line. Um, instead, it fills in the Goosebumps TV series, Stay Out of the Basement, <laughs> which I also shouted fair. at the TV the other day while we were watching WandaVision. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so <laughs> we have exactly one scene between her arriving and being locked in the basement and mm-hmm. her cleaning up around the house. In her gold dress. In her gold dress. Uh, she's she's learning her duties and responsibilities to this beast man, um, Rumpelstiltskin. He has a little quip about helping her skin the children, helping him skin the children he captures, which is just a joke. Don't worry, he doesn't skin children. But she drops a cup. And and so, so, so Luther plays this game where he's never seen the show, but he will guess and quote along. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, 
whenever she was like, oh, it's got a chip. He made sure to quote along with that. He also quoted along with, she'll never go with you, you beast. He's very good at it. And it's very terrifying. But he rolled his eyes so hard when he saw that teacup with the chip in mm-hmm. it. Um, as did I the first time I saw it. Well, it's just a it's cup. Just a cup. <laughs> right now. But later, that cup is going to have so much meaning. But yeah. I get it. So the very next scene, she's cleaning. Fighting she's curtains. To, fighting curtains. She's trying to open the curtains. They're having an exchange. He says something weird and dangerous and off color and she's actually charmed by it and laughs yeah. along with him oh oh it's a uh, it's why do you spin gold oh i spin gold i i like to watch the wheel it helps me forget forget what mm-hmm. well i guess it worked and then she's like trying to get the curtains down what'd you do nail them down yes yeah <laughs> that's my favorite delivery <laughs> yeah his his reaction his expression in these scenes it, it's really good because it's very it's a very different side of this character than what we've seen so he's, far. He's genuinely. He's yes. He's disarmed. And it's, it's very endearing. Um, mm-hmm. um, she so falls she, while trying to open the curtains and lands in his and arms. And falls for him. Ugh. Like uh, it happens. It happens so fast. Like so fast. And then she's been fighting these curtains the whole time. He catches her and she immediately goes, Oh, I'll put them back up. Why, why'd you even, bo- why, why'd you bother? Why'd you do this? Just. <laughs> well, I don't think like, she was no, trying uh, to pull them down. She was trying to pull them open. She was trying to open, but she was going to close them back up for him because that's the way he liked him. And he was right. like, no, we'll get, it's okay. We'll get used to the light. I'll get used. Mm-hmm. And he's like freaked out because he's touched a person mm-hmm. uh, without yeah. planning to touch a person. Yeah. I mean, I have the same reaction. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I, I will say I take some some technical issues with this scene. Mm-hmm. The color grading is a little cool all throughout, <gasps> but he is flat oh out silvery gray in all of these I, scenes, and it's very unusual. I have problems a lot with the um the in this house at night scenes. Yeah. Um, because it's obvious they're they're using a darker filter instead of a lighting difference because they're on a yes. green screen. So they can't light it differently. So they're putting a filter on it, which makes it more obvious that they're on a green screen. Yes. Like they have certain props that are there. Yes. The table, some of the uh, physical props that are in the room are there, but mostly they're just in a big green space. Mm -hmm. And it makes them all look very sick. Yeah. And they did not. I I wish I could say that it, well, but this is early, but no green screen to this effect and this scale had been in use for a long time. And this is, this is ABC, but this is also a Disney show. Like, they got a budget. That they have a budget, and they have people who should know how to white balance in that environment. Yeah. And so it's one of those episodes where everyone's coloring is incredibly off. Like white balance is one of the first things I learned how to do at the Open Channel. Yep. But I cannot get over <sighs> Rumpelstiltskin being pewter. because he is i mean most of the scene you know and i thought it was just like the screen i watched it on so i switched to our um Mm -hmm. our other screen that's like uh i have i watched it you know my lunch break at work and my screen at work is color balanced because i do graphic work so it is as true to life for when we send to the printers as physically possible and it was still gray and i was like (sighs) yeah and all the reds looked muddy it made me really sad because I think that those scenes really could have benefited 
from more bright, saturated colors. Because I feel like the visual language that they're trying to do in the scene is going from this darkness and these curtains, all the shrouded in closeness to the space being big and open and bright because they're also using wider lenses for the later shots. They're doing much wider shots later on for the establishing scenes in Rumpelstiltskin's home. And I feel like there is someone making a conscious choice to use visual language to tell us that he is opening up and he is letting the light in. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. His, his, his curtains are coming down. Right. And that's uh, a funny innuendo too. mm -hmm. But the, uh, Mm -hmm. Oh, this is another thing that was cut. There is a a shot of her going to take the cloth off the mirror as well. That's in that room. Mm. And he stops her and she believes it's because he thinks he's, he's ugly and he doesn't want to see himself when we're in reality, we know that it's because the queen mirrors to spy on people. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, would have been a nice scene to have to establish and remind us the audience about these things. Mm-hmm. It, there was a lot. I feel like they had they absolutely had to cut scenes out of this because it was a long show to watch three times. Um, I tried to watch it for the third time today to get my final notes in order, and I was texting Elaine earlier. I literally fell asleep twice watching it. I don't know why I've been falling asleep watching episodes of this show, but it's just like these latest you're episodes. Exhausted. Are, well, that too, but these latest episodes have been slow-paced and fast-paced yeah. at the same time. This this one this one at least unlike last week's this one jumped back and forth between storylines really well. Like it it made sense the way that they jumped back and forth. I, I would so say I'll give them I'll give them that. This has the best the cross back and forth between the storylines outside of a Snow and Prince Charming episode. Yes. Um so I don't really want to dwell too long on all of this, you know, Oh, I'm yeah. a monster. Oh, you're not a monster. Da, 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 da. Gaston, I do like we get to see another um, Mr. Gold poof someone. Yep. We got to see him poof Gaston into a rose, which he gifted to Belle, which is kind of rude. And then she talked about how much she didn't like Gaston in front of the rose. And I just felt bad for the rose. Oh, yeah. I wrote um, this flower thing would be so sweet and cute if not for the murder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they begin, yeah. they're bonding, they're talking. She talks about yeah. discovering a room with some children's clothes. And she wants to know if it was, they were his when he was younger or if there was a son. Before. And he starts to tell her, but then says, you know what? Tell you what, why don't you go to town? And I will let you, I will tell you the story when you come back. And she's yeah. like, you really trust me to come back? And he's like, no, I don't think I'll ever see you again. And it's a scene that would have a lot more weight to it had we seen her try to escape before yeah, and remind her that she's never leaving. It would make it's me- It's so disjointed. And it would make me respect Belle a lot more and like yeah. Belle a lot more because we don't know if she's staying in a room now or if he's still locking her in that dungeon every night. We don't have a clear idea of how much time is passing. There are a lot of problems with this that are mostly because of the scenes that were cut. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, I guess they did the best they could with the time they had. I guess I didn't see the other scenes, but it felt like zero to true love in no time. And again, I've been been listening to a lot of Regency era romance novels and that sort of thing happened all the time. She had one (laughs) scene interacting with him after after she arrives at the house. 
one scene before she's in love with him. Yeah. There are meant to be two more in there well before that happens. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. I mean, I assumed there was a passage of time. We had a costume change. We had a costume change. We're now in the blue and white, which I like. I like the blue and white. Um, It's nice. Yeah. And uh, so so she goes, and she's trying to figure out if she's going to come back or not. And I want this Regina. Oh, I wrote that it's like, it's it's damask camouflage because it is like a sagey green with a, a bright emerald green over it and leaves. And the first time I saw it, my eyes thought it was camouflage. I, I had to look a second time. I really like this cloak. I like it better for you than me in shades of oh, blue yeah. than the green instead of the greens. Um, I look good in green. You look good in green. I, look good. I just like. I look good in all the colors. Blue is your color. Oh, I know. But green looks good on me too. But uh, in, much in the same way that red is my color. Yes. Um, red is my color too. No, no, no. You get all the other ones. I can wear lime green. Yeah, that's why I get to keep red, damn it. <laughs> Let me have red because you can wear I have, anything. I have a neutral skin tone. I can wear all the colors. Elaine's like, <laughs> I'm going to wear jewel tones today just because I can. <laughs> oh, neon. I can wear that. So anyway, Regina drives up. Oh, my God. In her carriage. And she's like, well, hello, dear. Let me get out and walk beside you. And I'm like, oh, she's up to something because she's never nice and provoked. Oh, yeah. she. Well, she she and Gold just, I, I figure that they, they just have that, um, they're constantly trying to one-up each other thing, even before she goes to him for the curse. And until she appeared in this scene, Mr. Gold was going to be my best dress this episode. But spoilers, Regina shows up in a gorgeous black gown with a black cloak. Damask. With a yes. black parasol, black lace parasol. That parasol is the best dressed of this whole episode. Two wigs stacked on top <laughs> of each other with a red yes. splash in there. Ah! And the wigs matched better in this outdoor light today. And the wigs matched in the outdoor light, which... They weren't as teased. Yes. That's what it was. They weren't as, like, fluffy. Uh, yeah. No, she looked... She's freaking beautiful. I was just like... She's just beautiful. Give me this look. I want this whole... <laughs> I liked her necklaces over her high collar. Ah, just so good. Like, I mean, really, well, she had not an ounce, not an inch of skin showing except her face. Just, and it was so good. Uh, just a reminder, whenever we started this podcast, we assumed that Regina would always be our best dressed and we would have a next best dress. And that would be Mr. Gold because I liked all of his costumes and his tight pants. Yes. Um, yeah. He moves comfortably in those tight pants, and that is a big part of wearing tight pants. Yes, <laughs> they have a they <laughs> they have a fairly nice exchange, the two of them, uh, Regina mm-hmm. and Belle. Which is- Belle's very uncomfortable by the whole thing, though. Yes, because she, because Regina is calling her out and reading her like an open book. Yes, ha, Belle joke. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's fair <laughs> to say at this point, Regina is a drag character. <laughs> She's very heightened. She's winning the she's winning the library challenge. Much in the way that Dolly Parton's uh, stage persona and Elvira are drag characters, even though they are played by cis women, um, the heightened level of it and the camp of it to me puts it in puts it in the category of being a drag character. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Lady Gaga also drag. <laughs> oh yeah, Lady Gaga very much, and Lady Gaga has, you know lifted a lot from drag culture and um, also from ball culture, which lifted a lot. Drag culture lifted a lot from ball culture. But we're not going to talk about that today because I will go off about it and we're already at 38 But I feel, I feel like today. she appreciates where it comes from, though, at least. Yes, very much so. 
Um, I at least and, feel like she appreciates where it comes from and and, and acknowledges where it comes from. And I'm not here to talk a, about Lady Gaga. But. Right. Well, I will say that she is a, a queer person, so I feel like she has a little ownership of it. Mm-hmm. I'm um, glad she got her dogs back. Yes. And I hope <laughs> her dog walker is safe. Yes. That's when we were recording all of this. Lady Gaga just got her dogs back. Her dog walker slash assistant um, was hospitalized. A lot of people are online like, why are they not talking enough about the dog walker? And I'm like, because that's a private citizen. Yeah, whose health not a celebrity whose health information probably shouldn't be public record like yeah let yeah. them recover and make their own statement in their own time anywho okay so regina so regina so regina who is not really one who gives off lots of good messages about love uh having known what she has done to the huntsman in the past is like oh you know our our favorite quote is oh i would never suggest you kiss a man who held you captive what kind of message would that send yeah hypocrite what kind of message would that send yeah i loved i loved her delivery of that but it really it didn't one. hold true with what New. she literally did four episodes ago five episodes ago yeah yeah i don't know it was a while but yeah yeah, yeah. so well, you know rule rules for thee and none for me yeah <laughs> So she's just like, hey, trademark loves true true love's kiss. Go do the thing. And it, you know what? If he doesn't love you, it won't work. It's no big deal. Uh, also, if he lets you go, I mean, that means he loves you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, he did let me go. Oh, but you didn't kiss him. So no big deal. And Belle falls for it hook, line, and sinker. In the summary, I had originally, I, I ended up putting naive Belle. Yeah. But in the original summary, I had written dumb Belle. Oh, Pun and also yeah. painful and true. Yeah, she yes. returns. He is taken aback, but not unhappy that she's back. <laughs> I liked that. That's one of my favorite gifts, too. I just haven't gotten to use it yet. Yeah, and uh, um, she goes in and, and she kisses him. I do like. I do enjoy that he was pretending like he wasn't waiting to see if she came back before oh, yeah. the scene. His, his run is a little awkward. <laughs> well, he's going down curvy stairs in leather pants. Yeah. But uh, I was like hearing yakety sax a little bit in my head. <laughs> he was like brooding in a tower and then he sees she's back and he's just like, I gotta get downstairs and pretend like I didn't just like, I'm not super excited <laughs> like a man, but also it's cute. Yeah. And so the I wrote here, tell me about your son so I can make out with your sweaty face. That's what that whole scene feels like. Let me, let me seduce you by getting you to talk to me about your son who is gone. And here's where things take a major heel turn. Yeah. So they kiss. His face changes colors. She gets so excited. Kiss me again. It's working. The curse is breaking. And he freaks out, pushes away, and his face comes back to normal. Love gone. No more love. Now, I have several issues with this. Yes. Um, One is a continuity issue because it's not very clear later if true love's kiss will break the curse of being the dark one but it sure doesn't work later in the series yeah. two there was only one way to free the dark one remember it was that whole killing yeah. thing two i take a little bit of issue yes her intentions were good but mm-hmm. trying to cure him it doesn't justify his actions that happen immediately after no. this but no. trying to quote unquote cure him break the curse on him without talking to him about it yeah is a problem he never said he never said he missed being a man he just said he wasn't one right so this is this is she 
She decides this for him. And again, just going to keep saying it. Maybe if we had had that scene of him recovering the mirror and her assuming it's because he doesn't like his appearance and having that motivation for her thinking that, oh, well, he just thinks that he's hideous. Right. And unlovable because he's hideous. Maybe that would have helped because it's not very clear if Belle believes that his power has anything to curse. Yeah. So he starts in the verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. Physically shakes uh, her, shouts in her face. I got very uncomfortable. Um, Yeah. Yeah. This whole scene made me real uncomfortable. And then he went and started yelling at the mirror. Because she, she, while she was trying to explain herself, she said, well, she told me it would break the curse. And he's like, she! And he runs to the mirror and knows where his blame is, but still thinks that she's in on a deceptive, I almost said Decepticon. Yeah. Um, uh, to, to get him to lose his power so that Re- he thinks this is all Regina, just being Regina. And then yes. he, like, forcefully throws her into a dungeon. <clears throat> More violently than he did the first time he threw her into a dungeon. Physically throws her on um, the stone floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it made me mad. Yeah. And then he destroys his whole house. Yeah. Um, now the scene of him destroying his house is intercut with a scene that I'll point out when we get back to when we get to the yeah. present. Um, and I thought that that was very well done. This was this was the best cuts that I've seen between scenes where he's enraged in one time and he's enraged in the past time and they blend together because they're for the same reason. Yes. Or similar reasons. They're not for the same reason. Yes. But, oh my God, we're, we're spending so much time on this. We're at 45 minutes. This is us going quickly through this. I know. Uh, there was a lot here to discuss and I feel like I'm talking a lot about what wasn't there. Um no, but what wasn't there makes more sense than what was what there. What wasn't there helps contextualize the things that were there. And that is yeah. why this episode has so many problems for me. And I'm going to talk about what I want to cut from it in just a sec. Anywho. They could have cut that whole Valentine's Girls yeah. Night Out thing and made more time for that. That entire storyline should have been cut. Yeah. Um, we do a flash forward. Regina shows up to gloat and sip tea. <laughs> she wants to make a deal about a certain mermaid. A certain mermaid. She informs him of what happened to Belle after she left. Again, more abuse, more violence towards women. Yeah. Um, suicide. Yeah. And violence and abuse towards women that doesn't, like, just happens off screen and is so matter of fact. Yeah. Um, I don't recall if this genuinely happened. It didn't. Okay. You know what happened? You know what happened? Well, we know from the very last scene. Oh, I didn't write that in the summary. In the very last scene of this episode, Regina goes to the hospital. She goes into the restricted area and she goes to a, an isolation cell, which is holding Bill. Right. But we... So Regina kidnapped her on her way home is okay. what I assume from this. Okay. She never um... got... She never made it home. Regina found her. Fair. Is my assumption and made that whole thing up because she knew it would get his goat. But yeah, it's it's devastating. And uh, she does a little, hmm, this place is dusty. Wipes her fingers across the meticulously varnished table um, and yeah. says that uh, she, he should probably find a new girl. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so now that she's dead, he finds the chip. T- he starts breaking things again. Well, he's he's breaking all the things in his house because he's enraged by that now, too. 
Um, oh, wait, no, he had saved the teacup whenever he was mad at Belle. Yes. And he goes and finds the teacup and replaces a chalice with it on one of his special pedestals. Yes. Um, it looks um, like, you know, the, the Holy Grail, but obviously it's not the Holy Grail because Jesus was a carpenter and he would have had a wooden cup. We've all seen that Indiana Jones. Well, could it have been one of the things from the Arthur... Uh, maybe. Uh, I hate that arc. I didn't but... see the season. I didn't see the Camelot season, so I don't. I don't know anything about that. I hear tell it was. Uh, we're gonna have fun with that one. This. Well, if we're still going in six years. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, at this uh, point, even if we're not going and doing this, we will still be rewatching this show and talking about it. Yes. But yeah. So yeah. I think that's it for the past, and we should move to the present. Yeah. Let's get on. Let's go on to uh, Mr. Gold's baggage. Mr. Gold baggage. Yes, um, I like the Game because of Thorns on the truck. Game of Thorns is the name of the florist truck, and I want to I want to point reiterate once again that um, as far as he knows, all that stuff that Regina said is what happened to Belle. Yes, and so as he can still remember his enchanted past, he's taking out this personal vendetta against Mr. French, her father, who has no recollection of her whatsoever. Right. Um, which explains why it seems so pointlessly vindictive. Yes. Because if you don't know that backstory, it's not clear why he is being so specifically horrible to Mr. French, why he won't give him an day. Because mm-hmm. it's very clear from this scene, Mr. Gold does not care about getting his money back. He cares about harming this man. Yes, he's doing it to be spiteful. Yes. Uh, and uh, this, it, it's all very uncomfortable. This whole thing is very uncomfortable. And he crosses the street, drops a please on Regina, who he wants to talk to him, but he will not listen. Which I think is what uh, motivates her to do all of her activities. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so she's going to get his goat again. Uh-huh. That's her job. Um, yeah, he, he gets home. Oh, we need to talk about the diner. Oh, oh, I was coming back to the diner. That's later in Valentine's Day bag. Oh, yeah. I I have my notes written to just cover all that at the same time. My bad. Well, you can do it. You can do it. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to. I want to point this out because this is what brings Emma to his house. Yeah. The text Um, message. Yes. We have a scene of Emma uh, arriving at the diner. Well, I should say we have a scene of Mary Margaret eating at the diner at a separate table from David. They're both reading the same book, but they are not together. Decidedly Anna not Karenina. together. Anna Karenina. Anna Karenina. I can't say it. <laughs> can you tell I, can you tell I haven't read it? Um, uh, Karen, I, I read it in high school, Karenina. so I could not tell you the significance of it for this scene, but or if there is any. I Hi, found Twitter. This, if there's a significance to that book, let us know. I found this whole scene agonizing and not in a fun way. Yeah. Like not in a, I love the yearning. I love the yearning in any romance. That's what I'm there for. Mm -hmm. This is just agony. This is just self-flagellation. Ruby offering to push their tables together is like, you guys aren't fooling anyone. You're not fooling anyone. (sighs) And Ashley like sits directly in her view of David. And that made me laugh. I enjoyed that. That was funny. (laughs) The quick reaction (laughs) shots of the two of them. Um, enjoy seeing Ashley back, enjoy seeing Ashley back without her spray tan. That said, like Elaine pointed out, I think that this entire subplot should have been cut to give more context to the past, to the story with Mr. Gold 
and well with Rumpelstiltskin and Belle specifically yeah. Belle would have really helped to flesh your character out but because Belle, Belle just looks like a dumb naive poor gullible girl who will fall in love with the first person who catches her when she falls down but throughout this series Belle is reduced to an a object damsel. yeah she's a she's a distressed damsel who's constantly in need of saving constantly and that is not the bell we know and love, Disney. Dang it. Dang it, Disney. Uh, yeah, so... Um, so Emma shows up at Gold's house. They have guns drawn at each other because they're both very sinister. And the, the amount of time that they have their guns pointed at each other made me also very uncomfortable. You okay? Yeah. Sorry, I, uh, I'm on two different screens right now. Stop it. I had to... Yeah. Sorry. But, uh... Yeah, the amount of time that Gold left his gun up at Emma while Emma kept her gun up at him while she was just scoping out the house because someone had the neighbor had called it in that the door was open um, made me uncomfortable. And I'm glad he put his gun down first. Yeah. Surprised Emma didn't. But there was a gun being pointed at the sheriff. So I guess. Yeah. I mean, if if uh, Gold had a gun leveled at me, I'm not putting mine down first. Fair. I, I like how he was like, okay, you're excused. I know who did it. I'll take care of this. And she's like, uh, nope, this was reported to me. If you don't help, you're obstructing justice and I will take you in. I will arrest oh, yeah. you. So she's threatened to arrest him already. She's looking for an excuse uh, too. She's just looking for it. Um, which I admire. She gets the stuff back. She gets all but one thing back in a half a day. Yeah. Like she's she good at her job. And she points it out he's like not satisfied with it. She's like, dude, I here. But yeah, except for job, one thing. Job well halfway done. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's one thing missing. Doesn't matter. Oh, there's a point where he says, um, if you find him before I do, well, let's just say bad things happen to bad people. And she says, is that a threat? And he goes, that's an observation. Mm-hmm. I liked that line. Yeah, I, I like all of the gold Emma stuff in this episode um <laughs> i've been it appears i've been robbed that seems to happen to you a lot well i'm a hard man to love <laughs> i i think it's some of the strongest stuff in the episode um especially love to see his house i want that house yeah his house is great. i mean it's cluttered it's full of weird antique bric-a-brac mm-hmm. there's stained glass windows the walls i are love a, maximalism yes the, the walls are a dark color i'm like this is it this is my aesthetic right here this is what i want <laughs> so I love artistic maximalism. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. You lived in I my house. <laughs> I love it. But yeah. It's a lot of dusting. Yeah, it's a lot of dusting. Uh, <laughs> I use um, spray cans a lot because I'm lazy. <laughs> I'm allergic to dust. We can't do that. Uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, go ahead. No. I was going to say, we cut ahead to, I think I really the next scene that's worth mentioning in this. Uh, because of time, I kind of want to move forward. Is David picking up two Valentine's cards, and Mr. And Gold picking up rope and duct tape? Picking up a murder kit. <laughs> like, it's a murder kit. At least a kidnap kit, an obvious kidnapping kit. Yeah, and and he's telling he's telling David that David has a complicated life. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the name. David's a big old idiot in this episode, <laughs> the, and that's yeah. really. The nicest thing I can David's say. David's a big old idiot in every episode because he is an idiot. Because he's cursed. He's I know. cursed. No, he's less. He's, he's a also little, an idiot. He's a little less. He's a little less of an idiot in the enchanted world because he has his bravery behind him. 
Mm-hmm. So his idiocy is bravery instead of just plain dumb. And he has snow. And he has snow, who is the brains of the operation. Yeah. Um, we The next yeah. shot is Gold driving Mr. French in his own flower truck, yes. tied up and with his mouth duct taped shut. To... To the same secluded cabin that I think that uh, Mary Margaret and David sheltered in during the storm. Yes, I believe this is the same cabin. It it's would be the cabin odd if it in the woods. The same cabin. Yeah, it's an it's the obvious secluded cabin that no one lives in. Right. Mr. Gold owns it, obviously. There we are. <laughs> and, and he uh, he has a very intense exchange. Like, like he's just he. It starts off, he just wants to know where his cup is and who told him to steal the cup. And gets a couple licks out of him. And he says, I don't even remember what he says that starts it. Sorry, or something like that. Just apologizes for it. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure I wrote it down. But it sets him off and he starts going, you are her father. You were supposed to protect her because of you. You hurt her. And this dude has no idea. What he's being beat up for. Right. But it is an uncomfortably long, violent scene. It goes on way longer than I expected it to. Yes. And And even though the violence is um, like a lot of Disney, it's off screen, hinted at, or in silhouette. Well, you see part of it, but then there's like something blocking Mr. French's actual body. Yeah. Like it's it's all oh. very obfuscated, um, probably because of uh, this is television. It's ABC. It's ABC. I don't think I've ever seen um, a sh- truly violent beating scene in on network television, with the exception of see, one that occurs on Peaks. You see face punches usually. You'll just see face punches. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, he's beating him with his cane, and Emma gets there in time to save his life, not to save the damage. Um, and it's like, well, you, you're lucky you didn't hit anything that he needed to live. And he's like, oh, sure, lucky. Can I go now? And she's like, oh, no. Also, you're under yeah, arrest. Yeah, you're, 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 uh... <laughs> you, you just assaulted someone. Kidnapping and assault is, uh, yeah. not a why don't you scoot thing. Yeah. And so she arrests him. And now I'm he curious. gets put... Do you yeah. think if he asked Emma to release him as a favor, if she would take it? No. Good. Me neither. No. Um, also, uh, she at one point goes, who is she? Is she in trouble? I can help. And he's like, no, I'm not going to answer that question. And she's like, cool. And then she arrests him. Because um, yep. she heard him yelling at this guy while beating him when she walked. Now, there so, is a scene that we miss of how she figures out where gold went and finds okay. that cabin. Because, I mean, in the context of the show, she just is there. She just shows up. Yeah. But there is a scene, once again, a scene that was cut to make room for this Valentine's Day crap. Because that's what it really feels like. There's that, so much stuff in the bar that shouldn't have happened, that should, we didn't need to see. Yeah, and like we're not talking about it. We're going to hit on some of it, but it is a lot of this episode is just Mary Margaret and Ashley and the gals chilling at the bar being sad. Mm-hmm. And Except for Ruby. She's having a great oh, yeah. time. Ruby's always having a great time. <laughs> but it's it's our C plot and our C plot for this episode really felt like it took away from our A B plots. Yes. It, they they went on too long and there was more interesting stuff going on that we needed than this. Uh yeah. yeah. So she arrests him, he gets put in jail, and she's sitting in jail with him, and Regina comes in and is like, 
Hey, Sheriff Swan, here's my boy. Go take him for ice cream for 30 minutes. And she's like, I don't want to leave you alone with a prisoner. She's like, okay, 29 and a half. And she's like, oh, okay. Oh, well, I'm going to yep. go do it. I like it. I like gold. She gives gold an are you okay look. And he's like, bring me a cone. It's a good response to that. Yep. And, uh, and Regina wants to talk to him because A, she has what he's looking for. B, she knows he knows because he keeps using the word please on her. And I will say that this is the actual strongest scene of the episode. Yes. This exchange is great. It moves the entire season plot forward. Um, yes. Gold has to give something up to get something he wants, which is the power of this information that he's holding on to. Yes. That he does know. Uh, it's, it's a good scene. I like his thank you, your majesty, after he reveals that he knows mm. he's Rumpelstiltskin. Mm. That's good. And he he assures her that he's still the one with the power around here. So they're still in their same old power struggle that they've had since the beginning of time, basically. Yep. Um, I had a note that you can tell there's a point where he holds up the cup to the sunlight coming through the window. And you can see a light line where the cup has been repaired before this scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a, there was a much bigger chunk taken out of the cup and they repaired it to be the same chip. They probably dropped it at some point or he, I'm assuming that he hit it on the bars when he grabbed it from, from Lana. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, that, that prop goes through some, I think they have to remake that prop at some point because they do some really close ups of it later in the show. They have, they probably have several cups. They had to chip in exactly the same way. So there are probably fault lines on several of them. And uh, like one of my favorite movies, which isn't a great movie, but it's a favorite is uh, Silent Hill. And they have something like 40 incarnations of the main character's outfit in various states yes. of distress. Um, and then alternates of the exact same level of distress for her stunt double. Nice. Yeah, that's how they have to do most of them. It's just impressive that's, to me. Yeah. So <clears throat> after this, Regina, uh, like I said earlier, she goes to a hospital um nurse nurse ratchet from uh one flew over the cuckoo's nest is here yeah it's definitely like nurse ratchet it's it's is she supposed to be the is she supposed to be the queen of hearts because she gives her a red rose that's my only guess i don't know because in the hallway they have uh, god i can't remember the character's name it's been so so long since i've seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest mr whale dr whale no they have the the big um american guy who is super strong in uh the, the the who doesn't talk in the movie. Okay. One yeah, flew over the yeah. cuckoo's nest. He's standing in the yeah. hall sweeping up. Or a man who's meant to then, be him, it feels like. Is it just a straight up cuckoo's nest reference here? Okay. Seems like it. And like I wrote that okay. down. I just like wrote in, why is it one flew over the cuckoo's nest here? It's like that secretly a Disney property? <laughs> I was very confused by it. And the only Disney connection I could make personally was maybe she's the queen of hearts and that's why she gave her a red rose. Uh, that was it. I don't know. I got nothing. Um, but I liked her hair and I could I was jealous because I couldn't get my hair to do that whenever I had to have um, 1940s hair. Yeah. It's just <laughs> an odd detail. I don't dislike it. It was just, it's a little. No, she was great. It's a little odd. She was great. She hasn't had any visitors ever. Yeah. And she goes and she has, Regina has Belle locked up. Yep. So Mr. Gold is blaming the wrong person for his love being gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's what I got. Uh, 
for that. And then we have the Valentine's Day baggage. Quick question about the bar scenes. Isn't Ashley canonically yeah. supposed to be like 17? She's probably 18 now. Okay. Baby's like, the baby's like a few months old. She probably had a birthday. And so does that change? I mean, I know here in Louisiana, we do a lot of drinking in bars of 18, but. Well, you see, she's got an elementary school teacher buying her drinks for her and also Ruby. <laughs> so it's fine. Fair. Fair. Yeah, she's a teenager, and they they show her taking shots at the bar. They don't card. She's a mom now, so she's moved she's into, mo- she has moved into the adult sphere in terms yes. of how we are perceiving her on a television show. It's sort of like when, I was just going to say, it's sort of like on Buffy. <laughs> when Buffy yeah. moves to college, suddenly Buffy can drink and it's no big deal, even though she is still underage. Ruby got Ashley that good fake ID. There we go. That's what it is. Ruby got Ashley that good fake ID. Oh, and that's why Ruby said leave the badge at home. <laughs> that's probably what it was. Like Emma would actually care about underage drinking. <laughs> I think the only time Emma would care about underage drinking is if Henry did it. It's Henry, yeah. If yeah. Henry did it, then and that's fine. that's a good couple of years before that's going to happen. And like all of the things that Ashley is complaining about, being stuck at home with the baby, never seeing her husband because he works all the time, those are legitimate complaints yeah like the complaints the problems in her relationship are legitimate complaints Mm -hmm. and she also shows the want to work through it with sean and i appreciate Mm -hmm. that about like ruby is like ruby is bad cop here trying to encourage her well you're not married yet so let's go hit all those guys it's fine like trying to trying to break up relationships for fun Mm -hmm. um but she's still very committed to the father of her child, her her one true love. She's just sad about it because she misses him. And then yep. he shows up and it's very sweet and he has roses and he proposes to her. And then they go for a drive in his truck and they get into the truck through the same door. <clears throat> Which is adorable and weird. Look, I have had I've had messed up so many messed up cars in my life. I get it. <laughs> yeah. One door works better than the other. Yes. <laughs> Um, and, and it's a bench seat. It's a bench seat truck. I get it. And then we get slide on the most deeply uncomfortable scene, but also Mary Margaret finally doing what she should have done the whole time. Oh my God. Mary Margaret's very introspective. She makes good. She makes some good decisions in this episode. David gives her his wife's Valentine's card, which I'm going to say two things. First off, they're in different colored envelopes. How do you make that right? mistake? You dumb idiot. Is he co- two? He we we never established he's colorblind. I, I woof, woof you? you for Valentine's. Yeah. That's what you've got. That's your yeah. game, bro. Like because they had a dog once. My my husband and I get each other lovely card. I have mine here. We write notes to each other over here. It's like a dress. I got him this beautiful wooden one that was like etched and like we really try to make where the other person feels appreciated every day, but particularly on that day. So he got very her, quiet. <laughs> your wife's oh he I don't know I don't want to like. Make him feel embarrassed, but like handing your wife's shitty Valentine's card, handing your wife's crappy Valentine's card to your not quite mistress. Also, your emotional mistress. Let's talk colors in terms of romance, as I was taught in high school. Yellow is Um, friendship. Yellow is friendship. Red is love. Red is love. Red is romance. And he put the yellow, he put Catherine's yellow card in a yellow envelope. And he put the card with a prince and princess in front of a castle in a red card. How did you screw this up? David, 
David. You're an idiot. Go home to your wife. Go home to your wife. Call your girlfriend. (laughs) It's time you had the talk. (laughs) Go home to your wife. Mm -hmm. It was such a good Whatever you do. Yeah. Like Mary Margaret does the right thing. She finds her strength because, uh, you know, what good is, what good is love if you can't be together? And he's like, I'm going to keep trying. She's like, good luck. I hope you find a way, but this sucks. Yeah. I, I appreciate her finally making it clear because it's very clear that he is not going to do anything to he's, move forward. He's not going to pull any triggers whatsoever. Nope. He's not. I think next episode we get a little bit of trigger pulling or someone gets found out or one or the other. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. You're rolling your <sighs> eyes. So that tells me <laughs> you've seen it. <laughs> I just saw the preview. I, I didn't watch it yet because I didn't want to be thinking about it too much. But I feel yeah. like a lot of what happened in this episode should have happened in a later episode in terms yeah, of their storyline. It didn't need to be in this episode. There was too much to cover in the other storylines. And if you, once again, if you go to read why scenes were cut that were to me, needed for plot structure and storytelling. It says they were cut for time. Yeah. They cut the wrong scenes for time. David, go home to your wife. Yeah. So. They, we could Yeah. <sighs> Elaine. Yeah. Yes, Mats. How many incorrect Valentine's cards out of five would you give this episode? Oh. Oh, this one's hard because it's a relationship I don't like. But the show, it's, and the show itself was choppy, but it also had some of the best editing. The cuts that were there, like between the two timelines, were really good. So I'm fighting that right now. Mm-hmm. Because if they didn't have those good cuts, I'd give it a two. But because it went back and forth so smoothly, I think I'm going to give it a three. So three incorrect Valentine's card couples. Uh, out of five. I'm going to pull the trigger on being more brutal. And I will say that this one was a two out of five for me. Um, See, because last week was a one and this one wasn't as bad as that. Yeah, this one wasn't. I I mean, I will say this episode isn't bad, but it's not good. Yeah. Um, Yes. It's not just because I dislike the pairing of Belle and Rumpel because of the abuse in it and the weird power dynamic. It's because of weird wonky plot inconsistencies the other storylines that felt shoehorned in Mm -hmm. and were given more time than i felt that they merited for this episode to work properly yeah and major technical issues like all of the bad color grading in the in the uh the past in the enchanted forest yes they made it they, they they looked so it was so jarring the characters did not even look like themselves. Yeah. Mr. Gold needs to remain gold in every scene. It's his name. Yes. When I'm seeing the gold be spun, it should, to my eyes, appear gold on camera. It's true. And it's if true. you cannot get this basic detail right, that for me says this is not good. So for me, this is <laughs> a two out of two out of five. I want to give an acting honorable mention to the actress who played Belle in that very last scene before she leaves the estate, leaves the dungeon, where she's talking about all you're going to have is an empty heart and a chipped cup. And she is crying the whole time she says it, like her eyes are welling up. And she says that whole speech with so much emotion that I was like, 
Okay, girl, you're good at this. Uh, I wish they gave you better she's lines. She's a delight. And she's so good. I would love to see her on a show sometime where she's not playing a C-plot character who is yeah. constantly put in a damsel position. Yeah. Because yeah. it's both this and Lost. And I'm like, she is too strong of an actress. And I mean, she's gorgeous. She's so beautiful. She's, I mean, <laughs> like, she is I like on face. TV pretty. She's got such a great face. She's got very interesting features. Um, just huge, expressive eyes. I, and she is she's so one of those actresses. She's one of those actresses whose face is pretty the way my face is pretty. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I like that about her. Mm-hmm. So. We don't have the same features, but we're, we have similar pretty features. Round faces, like large, large expressive eyes. Good cheekbones. Good cheekbones. Slightly pudgy little cheeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. Speaking of pudgy cheeks, uh, I was like, nope, I'm not going to talk about it. I was like going off on Twitter the other day. I was just like, where are the makeup tutorials for people with chubby faces and beards? <laughs> well, the beard is supposed to be some of the contouring to some of yes. it. So you got to make that line a little, you make that line crisp. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I, I love when they're like, here's how you make your face look slim. Okay. Thanks, skinny girl. Yeah. No offense. You're beautiful. Yeah, you're beautiful. You're beautiful, skinny girl. But we have different face issues. Yeah. Our faces are not shaped the same. Not at all. I have an aside male at birth shaped face and a beard. Like <laughs> I need different things than your tutorial will tell me. I can only make my nose look so much like a swordfish. We're gonna, we're gonna find you. We find you some good, some good uh, contour tutorials. I'm, I'm trying to be the change. I was playing with makeup earlier. I almost, oh, good. I almost, uh, if I was on my normal desktop, would have been doing my makeup while we, uh, while we were talking. But... I would have, I would have loved to see that. I promise I'll have a camera next. Week. Next time, yes. <laughs> next time. Today I was like, I'm uh, splotchy and I don't feel well. So, well, you've got your camera on today too. Yeah, but I'm. <laughs> I'm probably going to go lie down immediately after we stop recording. So That's fair. Our best dress for this episode, um, for me, like I said earlier, was Regina. Loved Regina. Second best, Mr. Gold. He has some great outfits. Um, I agree with that. I wish that Belle's I... outfit had stayed the same color from scene to scene because it's clear that it's yeah. the same outfit, but the color grading is that bad. I really liked the blue outfit. I liked, I kept finding myself looking at her little gauzy, the shirt that's under the, the dress. Oh, I loved her little sleeves. I loved her little sleeves. I loved the lace. I love the blue outfit. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. Um, so she was very well dressed. Oh, 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 wait. Mary With Margaret's one exception. Coat. I didn't Sorry. drag it earlier, but I'm going to drag it right now. Um, you found a zipper? Didn't find a zipper. Uh, <laughs> not saying that there wasn't one visible at some point. I just didn't see it this week because I watched it on my tablet the second time. Uh, third time while I was taking notes. But a fabric steamer. Yeah. Would have gone a long way in this episode for those gowns. Yeah. Because they were rankled. Well, she kept getting thrown in a dungeon. Still. <laughs> Her gold dress was and, too. I could see the folds yeah. in the gold dress from how it probably came out of whatever costume Bag. shop it yeah. was bagged in. Yeah. Um like the, like the horizontal folds in the front of her dress. Steam that. If I <laughs> If I, on a library assistant person's salary, can afford a fabric steamer, so can ABC and Disney. You take an iron and you put water in the steam container and you hold it like six inches away from the fabric and you press the steam button and you have a steamer. Oh, um, like I said, oh, uh, my, my other my other best dressed is specifically for Mary Margaret's coat at the in that last scene. I love mm-hmm. a long flare coat. Mm-hmm. I love a... Uh, a dress lit cocktail length flare coat. I love it. 
it skimmed her body pretty and it had pretty detailing. It was purple. I particularly liked the long coat with the short dress. We just saw that yes. peak of that skirt. It was such a cute skirt. It was a really good. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I think we made it through our least favorite rom- romantic origin story. Yes. I don't, well, I don't know. Is this worse than Jeannie and DeQueenie? I actually like the storyline between Jeannie and DeQueenie better. Fair. It's more interesting. It's it's an abuse of power, but they're obviously both, at, by the end of it, they aren't in love with each other because one right. was obviously abusing the power. Yes, it was a manipulation tactic. So yeah. But yeah, yeah it's, it's a more interesting and compelling story than It's two broken this. people. Um, I will say I am probably more harsh than I need to be because uh, we haven't talked about this. And I know we're already, we're at a lot, a lot of time in this episode, but I want to just ask this question of you. My favorite mm-hmm. Disney movie growing up was Beauty and the Beast. And I it, really like that one. It it, may, it remains one of my all-time favorite Disney movies, um, if not See, my we, absolute we, favorite. So how about you? We haven't gotten we haven't gotten to the mangling of my favorite yet, um, uh, which is Sleeping Beauty. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> now here's here's a here's a continuity error. I knew that. They've already Why mentioned. They've already mentioned Sleeping Beauty in the very first episode, mm-hmm. and it was supposed to have taken place a long time ago. But mm-hmm. we're going to see it again soon. In a completely different context, which tells me that these evil queens are not original. No. They have like two tricks. Oh, a sleeping curse. That'll work. Uh-huh. <laughs> so they have like two tricks. And um, I I haven't watched these episodes again in, in 11 years, 10 years, whatever. But I remember, oh, this is Sleeping Beauty. Oh, that's it? Now I'm pissed. That's what that's all I remember about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking I think we're gonna get there soon. And I'm yeah. looking forward to um tearing that up. I am looking forward also to us getting to the frozen arc because I actually really love it. Look, that's a the frozen I'm gonna say right now, I remember Frozen was like my the last chance I gave this show because the dialogue between the frozen characters was so good and then the rest of the story plot I hated. I, I loved the whole thing. But I know you did. I really, there's also an actress who is also from Lost who will show up in that storyline who I deeply enjoy because she always looks like she has a face on that just permanently says this MFR. Um, <laughs> she's just got like a permanently cocked eyebrow of judging you. And I enjoy her for that. That's awesome. I like it. All right. Anything else about anything else about uh, Skin Deep? No. So I think with that said, if you enjoy this show, we cannot do it without you. So please be feel free to share it with your friends, uh, like us on Twitter, retweet our posts and our episodes. That's the best way people can find us right now. If you were on iTunes or you use another podcatcher, uh, a review there will help us move up the charts and help other people find the show as well. Uh, we do this absolutely for free. We do this because we love it. And we love this show, despite the ratings we've given the last two episodes. And so we want uh, we want to share it with more people. Uh, we have a friend who is watching it through for the first time and listening to each episode, um, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of exciting that they're like waiting to hear us. So that makes I me love happy. Um, I love that. I love it so much. But you can find us on Twitter at StoryBrokePod. You can find Elaine at Mikathud. I am looking for a job right now, so you cannot find me on Twitter. <laughs> That's fair. I am private. <laughs> um, so with 
All of that said, uh, I'm Elaine. I'm Mads. And this has been Story Broke. Miserably ever after. <laughs> <laughs>